Welcome back, vagrants. Yes, welcome back. We've spent the last few months lost in space, Woo. but, but <laughs> we're so glad you're welcoming you back aboard Zyja Station as we get toward the end of the season. Yeah, a couple episodes left. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's been a while since our last podcast. And what a return, because this is a dun, 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 special edition episode <laughs> where we are going to talk about the 1985 movie clue and episode eight no clue so as you may know this vagrant queen episode was an homage to the movie so we couldn't not talk about it christine this was your very first watch of the movie what did you think it of was it? <laughs> i mean it's one of those movies i've been meaning to watch for years because it has that sort of cult classic reputation going for it, and then, and then of course they did the takeoff on it with Vagrant Queen, so it's like, okay, might as well finally get caught up. <laughs> it it lives up to its reputation. That's what I'll say. I mean, the 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 actors are great. The plot is so much fun to follow. It's easy to see why the Vagrant Queen crew took a liking to it and decided to do this takeoff on it for this episode. Yeah, it's. All things are great, and I, I think that carries on to the episode as a whole. Absolutely. So, let's get to it. The IMDb synopsis for the movie is, Six guests are anonymously invited to a strange mansion for dinner, but after their host is killed, they must cooperate with the staff to identify the murderer as the bodies pile up. That sounds a little familiar. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting some deja vu here. <laughs> so now here's the info on our Vagrant Queen IMDb. Uh, the title, of course, as I said, was No Clue. The air date, May 21st, 2020. And this episode was directed and written by Jem Gerard, And as always, based on the comic book by Magdalene Visaggio and Jason Smith. And that IMDb synopsis is... Adrift in space, the team find themselves in the middle of a very strange murder mystery. Very strange is understating it, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a bit of an understatement. Um, so since we're discussing the movie and the episode together, our normal format is going to be just a little bit different. Um, so I want to start off by talking a little bit about the movie and this I mean, like you said, it's a cult classic. Um, and I just, I think the 80s in general was a heyday for movies that became so iconic. You can't argue with the Goonies and Princess Bride and E.T., Star Wars, which actually started in the 70s. But, you know, the other Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were both in the early 80s. And, and, and what is time at this point, anyway? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, and, and not to mention all the John Hughes movies, like Breakfast Club. Yeah, the, the John Hughes movies, not to mention, like, Indiana Jones, Back uh -huh. to the Future. We could go, we, we could make an entire podcast out of that. Someone I was going to say. Someone <laughs> podcast out of that. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I'm sure a lot of you guys have all seen these movies um and i can't imagine not growing up with them so yeah so i've i've watched a lot of them with my kids uh pretty recently and they're solid like i can't wait to watch more of them 
I've got to get more of them on my infinite list of media I'm eventually going to get around to. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's, that's the... That's one of many... That's that's the first world struggle of 2020, I feel like. Oh my gosh, yeah. The media consumed in 2020 has, I'm sure, been astronomical. <laughs> yeah. So, the li- one of the lines from the movie, the one of the biggest lines from the movie, um, is the Madeline Kahn's uh, flames from the side of my face. And I didn't know that that was ad-libbed. That's, I mean... Like I said, one of the most quoted lines of the movie. Um, and then speaking of quotes, when I was writing the my notes, almost all of them are just quotes that Vagrant Queen used in No Clue. So <laughs> if, if it just goes to show for one, how infinitely quotable this movie and really a lot of those movies from around this time period are the ones that we remember today anyway. Mm-hmm. And for two, just how much reverence this episode of Vagrant Queen has for the movie that inspired it. And that shines through and through as we really get into the episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, as a recap, if you haven't seen the movie yet, well, first of all, you should. Um, and you can find yeah, it Yeah, on- correct that mistake. Yeah, correct it immediately. Um, and you can correct it by uh, searching on Amazon. It's free to stream if you have Prime. Um, so we won't go over the entire breakdown of the movie. But, of course, the movie is based on the game of the same name. And the game yes. is a murder mystery. So obviously it makes sense that the movie is a murder mystery as well, which then leads to our Vagrant Queen episode being a murder mystery. You think you think we can set the world record for most times saying murder mystery in a podcast episode by the end of this? <laughs> murder mystery, murder mystery, murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I guess if you don't count the podcasts that are on actual murder mysteries, that is. <laughs> Unless we just turn this into a true crime podcast. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um complete 180 right exactly and i know almost nothing about murder mysteries so (laughs) that makes two of us that would be an interesting podcast then (laughs) um so we don't have flashbacks this episode which is probably for the best since there's just no time and right i mean i mean this episode it feels like it's one of those episodes where, you're sure, you still do make a little bit of progress as far as as far as the plot goes, but really, it's just sort of its own thing. It yeah. exists on its own terms, and I have to admire that. Yeah. Well, and speaking of being on its own, we don't have anything that is going on with Lazaro and the Republic because there just, again, wasn't enough time with everything else going on. Right, the most we get is that little news bulletin toward, I think, the start of the episode where they're talking about the preparations for the events that we'll be talking about in an episode or two. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so so it's just this this bottle episode. Um, but let's talk about the, the colors. Um, so all the episode is on the ship. Um, but I do want to quickly mention yet again just how pretty space looks as usual, mm-hmm. and we we get to see a storm outside of the ship, which um, it adds a little bit to our normal pretty colorful space look. 
Um, and then the other notable eye catcher for me was the Gloober Eat Guys ship with uh, the bright green and orange colors. Right. I mean, I, I really don't have much to add here other than, yeah, space is as beautiful as it's ever been. I also kind of like, so in those first few seconds of the episode, we get the establishing shot of the, of the ship and it's just, you've got all the thunder rub, rumbling around and it's so thunderous and it, it just gives this mindset of like, hell yeah, the gang is back in business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is, the boys are back in town. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a great singer. Um, yeah, well, we're 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 making it work. Yeah. So, um, so the episode is what's considered a bottle episode of television, which uh, means it takes place in one location. Though, so when you have something as big as is the ship, as big as the Winnipeg, well. I mean, they've got plenty to work with here, even with just the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and we see that play out. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Well, and, and this episode is uh, it resembles more of an like an episodic rather than a serial. So, if you've never seen a single Vagrant Queen episode, you don't need to know any of the backstory. I mean, it certainly helps with the enjoyment, but even if you haven't ever, you you can pick up on what's going on well enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I think it's going to be easiest if we just kind of go through the episode as it happens and compare it directly instead of trying to divide it into chunks and divide the movie into chunks. And, and, you know, that's just going to get too confusing Um, because it, it really is almost like a Clue remake. Um, it is. Uh, so we'll we'll intersperse some of the dialogue from the episode and the movie as well. We start off on the Winnipeg with some dramatic music and a May looking up dog videos and finding some loud, <laughs> scary looking German shepherds, <laughs> which mm-hmm. we we don't in the in the show in the episode we don't get the long played out joke from the movie where. Um, the butler, Wadsworth, played by the infamous Tim Curry, steps in dog poop and every single new character that shows up after that just kind of smells dog poop and thinks that it's them and checks their shoes, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they'd had a few more minutes or, or heck, even made, been able to make it a double time episode, but I mean, hey, when you get only 45 minutes, you make do. For sure. Um, so then we, we go to the shot of Alita rolling out a map that looks just like the Clue board game. Um, and when I was researching the movie for this episode, I learned that the layout in the film was the same as it is in the game as far as like where the living room and the kitchen, the study, every all the rooms were located. And I feel like it just kind of adds to the fun of it all. You you can tell that the movie creators and now the TV crew are just kind of having the time of their lives. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we get some captions saying whimsical music as Isaac rolls a barrel down the hall. And I want to just interject here. The music in the episode is amazing. There's- yep. There's a lot of it, and most of it is just this light and fast and and definitely whimsical throughout the entire episode. It, it definitely fits the, the the vibe of the of the episode. Like you can tell that they're just 
emulating the vibe of the movie as best they can. And not to mention all the inevitable 50s music that you end up getting l- later on. They, they, they didn't half-ass these connections and these references. They went all out, and I have to admire that. Yeah, they definitely went all out. Um, and, and it's amazing. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. So we have evidence of Isaac and Alita rubbing on rubbing off on May when she says she's ready to mug someone in order to get into Lazaro's party. And that comment, they're just, they're so proud of May. It's, it's so refreshing to see the friendship after the last few episodes. Right. It's just so great to see the gang back together and to see everybody finally get past their differences. Yeah. And what an episode to really get it, get back into it. Um, but yeah, so you'd think planning a delicate operation would need sobriety because, you know, they're sneaking into this palace, but they're just having so much fun. So who cares? Exactly. <laughs> of course, adding alcohol usually loosens you up. So we get this um, an I love you guys and this prolonged handhold between Amei and Alita before Amei realizes and pulls away really quickly and Alita looks pretty disappointed. I mean, who wouldn't be disappointed in a moment like that? Like that, that that's a giant sapphic moment there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you just know at this point that Alita is doing everything possible to keep her feelings bottled up, but they're about to embark on their big biggest mission yet. You, you know that that's not going to last. Yeah. <laughs> Well, who might that be? <laughs> Probably mm. not great if you are answering your door and six people pull guns on you. And also, why is the parking authority pulling guns right away in the first place? I mean, this is another galaxy. Not ours. <laughs> it, we are in space. I have to imagine these people have put up with their fair share of weird shit. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, there's, there's a line from McKean, uh, and he says, playing a game, were we? That, of course, is another call out. And before we get too far into the episode, all of the agents are named after the actors from the movie. Um, although the dialogue that that specific actor says isn't assigned to that particular character in Vagrant Queen. Gotta take a few liberties. Wadsworth, am I right in thinking there is nobody else in this house? No. Then there is someone else in this house. No, sorry, I said no meaning yes. No meaning yes? Look, I want a straight answer. Is there someone else or isn't there yes or no? Um, no. No, there is or no, there isn't? Yes. Well, there is still some confusion as to whether or not there's anybody else in this house. I told you there isn't. There isn't any confusion or there isn't anybody else? Either. Or both. Just give me a clear answer. Certainly. What was the question? Is there anybody else in the house? No! No! Am I right in thinking one of you owns this ship? No. No, you don't own this ship. Yes. So you do own this ship? No. Well, there's still some confusion as to who owns this ship. She does. You do. I just told you I don't. Just give us a clear answer. What was the question? Who owns the bloody ship? I do. And there's no need to shout. I'm not shouting! We're trying to find out who killed him, and where, and with what. There's no need to shout! I'm not shouting! So the tension is interrupted by Agent Lloyd, who looks a little rough. Um, 
maybe he should get uh, COVID tested. <laughs> yeah, that bit didn't hold up so well, did it? Yeah. Um, so so then May has a look at the charges because she wants. She's like, well, we'll just pay that, you know, no problem. And she's pretty shocked. And you see Alita and Isaac kind of look at the number and look at each other and they sort of nod and agree with it. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a currency converter to know that's a lot of money. I mean, I didn't catch the exact number, but there were over 9 million units. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, good luck paying off that parking bill. Yeah, I don't think I would. I, I, I understand why they were running, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once it gets up that high. Yeah, you might as well. Um, so Amay sends the two in to get snacks so she can figure out how to negotiate some of the charges. Um, and then the, the following scene, the Elita and Isaac scene is just too adorable for words. It's, there's, uh, there's a line about Amay and the ship's cleanliness that seems a little bit like foreshadowing. And they have this conversation Mm. about Amay. And I have to say Sometimes it just takes someone telling you something before you believe it for yourself. Yeah, and I love how Isaac at this point is just like anybody who's in that sort of situation where you can see these people who have feelings for one another from miles and miles away. And he's just there like, just admit you have feelings already, you coward. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you have to be obvious really really obvious i mean there's they they there the clueless lesbian stereotype doesn't exist for nothing <laughs> yeah um so then their 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 talk is interrupted you know the serious kind of heart to heart talk is interrupted by isaac dropping a bowl he went to grab it and he just flipped it down onto the floor that poor bowl oh my god i laughed and I'd, I'd love to know if that was um, written into the script or if it just kind of happened. Because, I mean, you, you if you look at Adrian's face and her laugh is just hysterical and perfect. And it's it's amazing. I love it. And if it's written in, that brilliant acting. If it's not, still brilliant acting. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, so then we get this really, you know, this actual really sweet apology scene between the two to really solidify that they are 100% over the fighting. Everybody loves a happy ending, as the saying goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy endings are the best. Um, we get a comment about Monkey Brains, another movie reference. And apparently companies in another galaxy are just as bad as the U.S. when it comes to paying for sick days. Yay, capitalism! Space capitalism at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We get some soup slurping and I've already lost how many references we're up to now. That actually... We're just going to say infinity. (laughs) It It would be a really great thing to do if you're bored is just count how many references there are. Yeah, just play along at home. (laughs) We're we're talking about a lot, obviously, and I'm positive we're going to miss some, so. Right, I mean, 
Uh, I feel like if you made a drinking game out of this, you'd be passed out by like the halfway through the episode. It, it, it halfway. Wow, you've got <laughs> you've got some. <laughs> got a, I, I, that, that, that's the conservative estimate. <laughs> um, Robin Scott as a Southern Belle is amazing. I I can't get over the fact that she's the voice of Winnie Bot, Agent Leslie, and Admiral Rykal. Talk about range. Full baby. He caught it on holiday and cast carrier, didn't you, honey? <laughs> well, I tell you what, that's off my bucket list. I've seen so many places. You can ask me about any of them. I'm like an open book. I'll unpack pretty much anything. Are you afraid of silence? Are you afraid of silence, Mrs. Peacock? So Agent Leslie is flirting with Isaac throughout the episode, and I love that he says he's not married to, quote, them, which implies to me that it's possible maybe he was talking about both of them at the same time, and that maybe polyamory is more accepted in their galaxy, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So Lloyd is over there just hacking away. Um, we get a little power outage, and... Damn, that escalated quickly. I mean, I know they say they, that that's a moment where they could have cut the tension in there with a knife, but someone took that adage a bit too far. Uh, a little bit too far, yeah. And, yeah, that is not, he's not looking great. <laughs> it's definitely. Yeah, to say the least. Um, Yeah, so the fact that the trio has guns hiding in drawers makes me wonder a little bit where they were in the beginning of the season when they were never charged. <sighs> but obviously Amay has been going above and beyond taking care of the Winnipeg. <laughs> That's character development for you. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that apparently parking tickets are a gateway to murder. And I've gotten a few parking tickets, so I'm just waiting for the murders to happen. See, what I want to know is if parking tickets are a gateway to murder, then what's littering a gateway crime to? Hmm. Parking tickets. Something like... (laughs) (laughs) Just heading down that slippery slope. (laughs) Yeah. Life of crime, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not helping is Elita making so many comments throughout the episode that are on the more incriminating side. Um, plus it's kind of true that Elita and Isaac have motive. So, I mean, there's that. We'll give May a pass since she wasn't racking up the, the tickets. I don't, I'm, I'm guessing they have not gotten one since she has joined the crew. One um, can hope. <laughs> of course, the parking authority turns on each other awfully fast. Yeah, the pure chaos there just really kind of adds to everything going on. I mean, Alita might be on to something with the whole group therapy idea. I heard you arguing with Lloyd the other day. You threatened to kill him in public. Well, why would you threaten to kill him in public? I think she meant he threatened in public to kill him. He had threatened to kill me in public. Why would he want to kill you in public? I think she meant he threatened in public to kill her. Oh. Let me just say, Tim Rosan as Tim Curry is the absolute best. He totally nails it the entire episode. 
I couldn't agree more. I mean, he's just having the time of his life here, I think. I, I was laughing his I was laughing my ass off when he broke out the very literal line about overkill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speaking of Tim, every every time I watch this episode, I can only hear Doc Holliday when he says, it is whiskey. Not the first time we get at that sort of crossover vibe, and I don't think it's going to be the last before the season's out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we're playing a lot of sound bites in this episode, so I, I won't add to it here, but I think it's kind of fun. The other lines that I think are just A plus are Agent Leslie's, well, shit, and Isaac's line, <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll know who the murderer is, which I guess I, I'll, I guess I can play that here. What if one of us is left with the murderer? Well, at least then we'll know who the murderer is. Suppose that one of us is the murderer. If we split up into pairs, whichever one of us is left with a killer might get killed. Then we would have discovered who the murderer is. But the other half of the pair would be dead. This is war, Peacock. So then we get a line about recording authorities. And I'm again reminded of Jem's incredible ability to see the future. Because I feel like George Floyd opened a lot more eyes to the importance of recording your interactions with police. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, if nothing else, let this show be remembered as being, well, one, just a really good sci-fi show, but two, let it be remembered as being a bit ahead of its time. For sure, yeah. Uh, I also, I, I love the Amay and Winnie love. She's so protective of the little robot, and as well she should be. Right, Winnie is still just such an absolute gem. Leave Winnie out of this. <laughs> Uh, so my favorite line of the episode, I, I can't wait for the end, so I'm just going to play it for you right here. The ship's power reserves are now at a dangerous level. We're going to die! Please, I'm desperate to get off! <laughs> Now's not the time to be getting off. How can you make jokes at a time like this? Yeah, that's a coping mechanism. Who would want to kill the cook? Dinner wasn't that bad. How can you make jokes at a time like this? It's my defense mechanism. Some defense. If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Oh. So my wife and I burst out laughing when we were watching this episode. And we watched with our kids. And both of them turned to us and were wondering what was so funny. <laughs> was, right. There's uh... just so many <laughs> laugh out loud moments throughout this episode. It's... I feel like there are very few people who would disagree on this being the funniest episode of the series. Yeah. All right. Well, here comes the Gloober Eats guy delivering, wait for it, Frankfurters plus the curry, which again is a nod to Tim Curry and his character in Rocky Horror Picture Show, Dr. Frankenfurter. <laughs> the Vagrant Queen cast were... Phenomenal, this entire episode, all of them. But you can really see the physical aspect in the way that they have the huddle um, as they answer the door and in relation to the, the movie and the comedic timing of the laughter. And so, of course, the line delivery is on point as well. So it's just excellent work by every single actor on the episode. Right. I mean, I keep talking about how much fun this episode must have been to film, but 
you get the feeling they were pretty much like a family on set, and it just shows through in spades here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know episode five was the last episode that they shot, but um, I would guess that this one is probably a later one um, with just how comfortable they all they all are. Sorry. <laughs> Can we help? I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to disturb the whole household, but my car broke down out here, and I was wondering if I could use your phone. Just a moment, please. Very well, sir. Would you care to come in? Well, where is it? What, the body? The phone. What body? But there's nobody. Nobody. There's, there's nobody in the study. No. 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 no! But I think there's a phone in the lounge. Thank you. Hey, Lou Maurice. Someone ordered a curry? Yep. Uh, I really need to use your washroom, man. Please. I threw in an extra frankenfurter for you. Oh. Of course. Right this way. Okay, where is it? What, the body? The washroom. What body? No body. There is no body in the washroom. You're free to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the Frankfurter scene. Yeah, one of the jokes, and because I'm part of a little Doctor Who RPG group, can't have enough sci-fi in your life. Oh, never. But one of the jokes in that group is that splitting the party is almost never a good idea. So I was just laughing so hard as they proceeded to do just that. Yep, horror movie one hundred and one. Um, if you listen to our interview with Tim Roson, which I hope that you have, uh, he, this is the part where he cut a bit of his finger from slicing the hot dogs. Ouch. Ouch, indeed. Uh, but it does lead into an Amita scene. Um, we see Alita look over at a maze hot dog and rip hers off to match, which is adorable. Nope, definitely no feelings here. <laughs> yeah, well, and then we go right into this hallway scene with the two of them, and it's just so happy. Right, wholesome is the word I would use. Like, I mean, it's just so glad that a few things aside, she's gotten to know Isaac and Alita and really see the galaxy, and we get so tantalizingly close to Alita spilling out her feelings. So close! <laughs> We'll get there. Well, yes, we will. Don't you think we should get that man out of the house before he finds out what's been going on here? Yeah. How can we throw him outside in this weather? If we let him stay in the house, he may get suspicious. If we throw him out, he may get even more suspicious. If I were him, I'd be suspicious already. Oh, who cares? That guy doesn't matter. Let him stay locked up for another half an hour. The police will be here by then, and there are two dead bodies in the study. Shh. Please! Don't you think we should get that man off of this ship before he finds out what's going on? There are two dead bodies in the main room! Oh, 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 oh. I had to stop him from screaming. We get 
get another movie reference when Agent McKean says he's thinking about being a singing telegram because it's less stressful. And if you forgot or haven't seen Clue, there was a singing telegram girl that was among the dead bodies in the movie. Um, Rest in peace. <laughs> so maybe not the, the least stressful job you could have. Um, but we also find out that the Winnipeg has a secret passage. And I've said it for months, but I want to see a schematic of the ship. Same. I mean, we get to see a little bit of this galaxy and everything in it in, in this first season, but there's just so much left in the show and, and in the world unexplored. Mm-hmm. If we can't get the series to keep going, and I, but I sincerely hope we will, hashtag save Vagrant Queen, I'd, I'd at least love to see some books or some comics or something that keeps the adventures going. Yeah, it would be really cool if the comics could um, could uh, kind of take from the from the show a little bit. Kind of like Winona Earp, you know, the, the comic was created first and then the show. And then now the comic creator has kind of worked some characters from the sh- that were created in the show into the newer comics which is really cool right so we'll see uh that's a potential knock on wood (laughs) but anyway isaac and leslie have a nice little back and forth which leads into isaac checking to make sure there are still two bodies (laughs) (laughs) everything is fine he says famous last words Uber driver. <laughs> Rest in peace. Just checking. Everything all right? Yep, two corpses. Everything's fine. Just checking. Everything okay? Yep, two bodies. Everything is fine. Uh, then bam! Gluber driver is dead and screams are heard throughout the ship, which leads into my favorite physical comedy scene ever. There's uh there's a crash between two groups because you know they're both running to to come to the the screaming, uh, right? Robin Scott has this incredibly over the top twist fall that cracks me up every time, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm the just scene... laughing just picturing <laughs> it again now. Yeah, I it has come up just randomly in my in my brain. I. It's it's an addiction, I swear. <laughs> but, but that scene accumulates into the let us in, let us in, let us out, let us out. And Amay producing a key because, of course, she doesn't want any doors broken down. Yeah, it, it's all just like a minute and a half of some of the most pure chaos I've ever seen in a TV show. <laughs> yeah, and then she kind of fangirls about Winnie when she finds out about the secret passage. <laughs> And I love how they just point out the sheer weirdness of having a secret passage to the bathroom of all places. I mean, it's a very valid point. <laughs> let us in! Let us in! Let us out! Let us out! Another hole in 
revelation, Elita remembers about a secret passage in the castle. So we get a little more plot for the show to go on before Agent Leslie comments on the map and the crew tries to say it's a game. And I love the absolute melodrama around this point. Now we have nothing! Nothing! (laughs) Same. It's so over the top. Um... And then just a couple minutes later, we have another um, reference, Alita saying she is, quote, bored of this game, which, hi, board game reference. (laughs) Uh, And then we see some giant legs, and then the real killer is revealed with, like, two-thirds of the episode done and and gone already. (laughs) And and it's a pretty suspenseful reveal, I feel like. Yeah, I remember watching it live and it was like, you see the legs and then you're like, what was that? It's like, wait, hold on a second. What's happening? Yeah, come back. <laughs> um, but once, so once they know that it's not one of them, um, you know, it's, it is a space bug, space monster, whatever, uh, the classic clue weapons come out, which if you uh, think about all of the guns that they have stashed everywhere. It's just, it's kind of funny. <laughs> right. I mean, I hadn't even thought about that, but it just kind of adds to the comedy. Yeah. Um, so question out of the candlestick, lead pipe, revolver, wrench, knife, and rope, which one would you choose? I mean, I'm a fan of the, of the flamethrower candlestick myself. That's a solid choice. Um, I think I would go with the lead pipe. It's easy to carry around with you, and you don't have to think about how to use it. Just like, whack. Right. (laughs) Plus, it's a taser in the episode. And speaking of taser, apparently there was a taser incident on set with Jem. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Right. Uh, Of course... May grabs the wrench right away, and apparently it belongs with her tools, which, how did it get in that cabinet? Who knows? Um, Isaac is left with the rope, and he excitedly asks what it does, and Elita just deadpan. It's rope, Isaac. (laughs) And maybe I can get his disappointment, especially after how exciting some of those other weapons were. Yeah, for sure. Um, There's more whimsical twinkling music and the group split off again going back to that never split up rule because why not um and agent leslie overpours some drinks that as she and isaac talk about the scadbury galaxy which is another moment in the movie um and then she was just about to tell isaac how she how she had got to the scadbury galaxy when bam she's dead And just as things were getting good, just as Isaac had that glimmer of hope. Oh, poor Isaac. Oh. So sad. So sad. Um, And then we get another Amita moment where Alita explains she's not trying to separate herself from the others by trying to take Lazaro on, but because she cares enough to protect them. And knows that they aren't immune to the steers ad. And we almost get a kiss, but of course it's interrupted. Sigh. 
Hashtag wow, Jim. I mean, <laughs> come on, show. You're killing us. Just get to the gay already. No, we don't have a lot of patience. <laughs> um, but so we finally get to see the the full uh, spider. Um, creepy. And also zombies. The show has everything. Right. I mean, in, like I said, it's pure chaos. You can't really be sure what's going to happen next. Yeah. Then... We have Isaac winding up to do a Wadsworth-esque explanation when Amay interrupts and just says that everything is because of a deadly species from a planet that Lloyd had visited recently, Kafkaria, um, where the parasite of the female species is more deadly than the male. Yeah, this is terrifying stuff, not gonna lie. I mean, the joys of space tourism, eh? Yeah, or as Isaac points out, the space version of Australia. <laughs> Sounds about right. Female of the species is more deadly than the male. The female of the species is more deadly than the male. And judging by how quickly it's grown, that's what we're dealing with. So then we're left with our heroes, some fast-paced music from the movie, shake, rattle, and roll plays, and we get our mannequin challenge. And... This one is probably my favorite challenge of the season. Same here. It's got, it has, it has everyone fighting, but it has all these angles and some cool prop shots similar to the dinner party one. And it just kind of is filmed around the, the corners and it's awesome camera work. Right. Not to mention the music. I mean, yeah, that on, it's pretty much television art and it just adds so much to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... There were some definitely very squeamish scenes here, and um, for myself at least. The first was the egg-laying scene, where the corporal seps is implanting them in the middle of their foreheads of the victims, and then the spider parts wiggling out of orifices from the zombie incubators just made my skin crawl. Yeah, definitely left me a bit on edge, especially once the power went out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the ship finally loses the power that it's been, you know, it's been draining this entire episode. And the heroes are caught and everything looks dire. And, and then you have the added weirdness of even the monster being kind of attracted to a man. I mean, who isn't attracted to a maid? Let's be honest. Touche. Um, until Isaac stops her by saying there's one thing he doesn't get. Now, there's one thing I don't understand. One thing? There's still one thing I don't understand. One thing? Which gives Elita just enough time to get the candlestick, and we get the classic line. I killed Yvette. I hated her so much it it the it flame flames flames on the side of my face breathing breath heaving breaths heaving flames on the side of my face and then this line communism is just a red herring murder was just a red herring not the first time murder's just a means to an end. Yeah, and what finally saves the day, though? That plain old rope that Isaac had. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, our last Amita scene, as, um, as the oxygen is about to run out, the two were leaning on each other to hold 
the other upright. So cute. Very. And Amay saves the day. With her last breath, she hit the button that would give the ship its power back. So the ship shut down, but we see it come back right away, which might be a good thing. Yeah, what kind of suck if our heroes died? Uh, in a show that loves to kill off characters, I'd say it's a relief that they all survived. So far, at least. So far, anyway. <laughs> um, so as the ship's power... As far as the ship's power, they do say you should shut down technology once in a while. That's something I need to take to heart one of these days. I know. <laughs> this, this distance school stuff for the kids, it's like you have to shut off the computer every week. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, uh, but maybe it's actually Winnie has the last heroic act and zaps the last agent and then rec <laughs> recommends disposing the bodies. So they have this cute farewell scene, kind of like a goodnight moon, <laughs> as they space the bodies and they realize they don't know the Gloober driver's name. So they just call him Mr. Body, which, of course, is related to the character in the movie. <laughs> so the bodies, parking authority, and the issue of the ticket is taken care of in one fell swoop. Hooray! Yay! So we end the episode with information that will push us into the next episode, which is a two-episode finale. Whew. That'll be worth looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, what an episode this was. And... A favorite of so many of us vagrants. So True that. True let's move that. right on into our favorites then. So favorite line, I had already mentioned it before. Um, it's kind of that uh, that back and forth. And I refuse to pick just one. <laughs> partly for reasons I'll explain in a second here. All right. Um, episode highlight. Uh well, aside from all of it, that's a tough one. Uh, don't make me choose. I'm not... I... Yeah, that, that's pretty much my reasoning here. I mean, forget episode highlights. This is the highlight of the season, I think. Yeah, every everything. Just from from the moment it starts. I mean, you, you know, it starts off with the music and the dogs and it ends with space bodies. <laughs> There's... Just action and music and comedy. And... and it's just so all over the place. And I have to admire that. Yeah. Well, deaths. Everyone dies. No, but... Except our main three, of course. <laughs> yeah, really. This episode was full of death. Well, he's certainly dead now. Why would anyone want to kill him twice? It seems so unnecessary. Well, that's what we call overkill. He's dead. Again. Who would kill him twice? That is definitely overkill. We blow right past our episode five slaughter and we add Agent Mull, Agent Irene, Agent McKean, Agent Leslie, Agent Khan, Agent Lloyd, Gloober Eats Driver, a.k.a. Mr. Body, and of course the Sepral Corpse. So that is in addition to Trev, Trev Erin, Clive, Nim, Dunkrum, Dengar, Dengar, Admiral Kavar, Admiral Kavar and, and of course the Dinny Dinner Party. By my count, that's 25. Yeah, 25. And we still got two episodes to go. Whew. 
gonna be a doozy. Ratings. I give this 10 Frankenfurters. Yeah, I mean, is there even any question here? 10 curries, no <laughs> doubt about that. Perfect. So let's move into our fandom news. Yes, with with the end of the episode out of the way, let's talk about that and let, let's address the elephants in the room here, namely the ratings. Episode 8 clocked in with just 155,000 viewers, which I think is about a series low. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that I think that's a low. Yeah, man, I'm terrible with numbers, so you're asking but me in, wrong. But in, <laughs> but in any case, it's down 34,000 from our last episode. And among all the new cable broadcasts that Thursday, it was 122nd, about where it was the week before. And then among viewers 18 to 49, the, 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 the key demographic, they would call it, the rating held steady at a 0. .04. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. Which is really unfortunate since whoever stopped watching really missed out on this gem. And yeah, we'll, we'll just have to let the word of mouth do the job over time. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to take a minute to thank one of our listeners and friend of the podcast, Jazz, for sending some of the sound effects you've heard in this episode. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Jazz. We we do have some current news for you. It made the wait worth it, I hope. We're, we're so thrilled. To, I mean, y'all know this by now, of course, but Adrian Ray has a part on primetime network television now. She's on Chicago Fire now playing one of the paramedics. So our congratulations and well wishes to her. Mm-hmm. Chicago Fire is on Wednesdays at 9 on NBC. We're recording this on November 10th, and that season premiere is tomorrow. So if you don't get a chance to watch the premiere, then check it out sometime this season. Oh, yeah. And I I used to watch all the Chicago shows um, a few years ago, and I haven't seen any of them for three years. Like, I, I stopped three years uh, ago watching them, and I'm really looking forward to picking them back up to see Adrian. Right, right. It's it's just great to see our, our stars getting some roles in some other great shows. I know. Speaking of roles, Robin Scott has also um, landed a, a minor character role on a bigger movie on Netflix, but we'll talk about that in a little while. We may have something coming up in the works. Cough, cough, hint, hint, <laughs> knock on one. We, we could go on here. Yes, definitely. But again, congratulations, Adrian. We are so happy for you. We really are. Not that we've forgotten about Vagrant Queen. Never. <laughs> we will never forget Vagrant Queen. You can always use the hashtag Save Vagrant Queen. Let networks know that you like it, that you want it back. Um... We've got our Discord server that you are more than welcome to join. Uh, just, you know, if you want to to keep the fight going or if you just want to chat, come on over. Yes, indeed. So let's shout out some more of our lovely fandom creators. And I have been waiting for this episode to give... Hmm? Pr- <laughs> to give congrats to the video editor um, on Twitter... 
at Ace Duggar. That's A-C-E-D-U-G-G-A-R. They made the best video for this episode that I highly recommend watching if you want to laugh with tears over and over again. Or that could just be me, but it's definitely entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I've not gotten the chance to see it. I'll have to rectify that soon. (laughs) But yeah, if you want to nominate someone you think should be featured in our little fandom spotlight, let us know. We love to share the talents of our wonderful fandom. And we love to read and watch and just take a look at everybody's work. So we're here. Yeah, love to see it. But that's our episode discussion. Thank you for listening. Christine, where can we find you on socials? At Retro Time Lady on Twitter. And you can find me at Only One Leia on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Well, that'll wrap things up for this episode. We will talk next time. We're starting our part one of the finale. And as always, we'll be looking forward to it. And we hope you will, too. For now, keep listening to hear about all the different ways you can support our dispatches now that we're finally back from the abyss. <laughs> Until the next dispatch from Zygestation, this has been a podcast from another galaxy. Not, Not yours. yours. We are a fan-driven podcast, which means you help us do what we do, so we appreciate any way you can show your support for our work. You can find us on Twitter at Pod. that's X-I-J-A-D-I-S-P-A-T-C-H-P-O-D. There you can find current news about Vagrant Queen, our podcast, and many other things happening in the fandom. You can also support us on a long-term or short-term basis through Patreon. Your subscription there helps us cover expenses for the podcast, whether it's hosting costs or giveaways or anything else that makes us the best fan space it can be. To find us on Patreon and to get more information, just go to patreon.com and search Zyja, X-I-J-A. And of course, as a fan podcast, we want to hear from you, the fans. Our email is vagrantqueenpod at gmail.com. You can send us a text or voice recording, whether it's about what's happening on the episode, your thoughts on the show as a whole, or what we're doing here on the podcast. This is an inclusive space, so send us your comments or feedback and make yourself heard. Finally, Podbean hosts new episodes of our podcasts. That's where you can go to find the latest episodes of our programs and keep up to date on what's happening in our galaxy. We also have transcripts available if you need them. That's at zygestation.podbean.com. Till next time, Zygestation, over and out.